Welcome to the Trail and Ultra Running Training Podcast. My name is Will Franz, and I'm here to help you improve your training so you can have more fun out on the trails. Today, let's talk performance nutrition, and this is very likely going to end up as a bit of a tirade because the other day I heard someone giving some advice that made me frustrated to say the least. I don't really want to get super deep into it, but it was like a young athlete who is highly competitive and they're setting habits, they're training a lot, they're starting to like really increase everything from weights to practice time to whatever. And the person giving the advice suggested that they shouldn't eat fast food because it has preservatives and other who knows what, right? Like just general things. And which in itself is ludicrous because like if you eat almost anything that you don't make yourself, it is very likely to have preservatives in it. Like which almost everyone on the internet who's saying preservatives are bad, eat protein powder. Protein powder typically has preservatives in it. So on its face, I find it frustrating, but we're gonna move on before I get off the point. So the kid pushed back and said like, hey, high level athletes, often eat burgers and pizza and whatnot. And guess what? He's right. And they're fine. And it's probably not an everyday food. I doubt LeBron is putting down 12, five guys a day, but um, it's a thing they eat fairly regularly. It's probably not an everyday food for most people. It's probably not for them, but it's a thing that they eat. And if we want to talk someone like a professional CrossFit champion, they eat burgers and pizza and soda and fries between the days of the games because they need to recover with like four to 5,000 calories in a fairly short time window. And I don't know how you, your body digests food, but mine doesn't do super well if I tried to get four to 5,000 calories of salad. It just does not. So we pound some things that might not be perfect from a quality perspective because we need to eat enough to recover. If we look at Dean Carnassus and his story in the you know, like ultramarathon book, man book, his first book, he ordered a pizza. And this is how he like opens early in the book. He got a Hawaiian pizza, he got double toppings, he had the dude deliver it to him out a window as he was running down a highway in the middle of a 200 miler. He turned it into a burrito and ate what was probably a 3,000 cal, 4,000 calorie pizza, maybe more. Pizza is a surprising number of calories to let me, let me tell you as someone who loves it. And he ate it like a burrito while running. And we often overlook stories like that when we're talking about like nutrition and these things because we get bombarded from all sides. And a lot of our nutrition advice from the general public is given for the average sedentary desk worker who moves like 3,000 steps a day. And then we try to take that as an athlete and we get hurt. Not a great pairing. You need to eat enough. That is the basics of performance nutrition. Eat enough. There is like nothing above that. We can talk like macros and protein and carbohydrates and whatever nutrients, but the basics of performance nutrition are eat enough. It doesn't matter what else you do. If you are in a significant, like even moderate calorie deficit as you are training for something 
and we're not getting enough food, then you are not going to recover and you greatly increase your risk for injury and other problems, right? Like, and if we look at this general concept of athletes eating garbage, for lack of a better term, the retort might be from someone pushing it. It's like, imagine how good they'd be if they prioritized better food. Probably worse, because if you tried to eat 5,000 calories of like salad and chicken and rice, it's really hard. You tend to end up sluggish because if we look at how much food that is, an entire like 12 inch skillet of like rice, quinoa, meat, vegetables, like a little bit of fat is about 2000 calories. It, it would take people about the day to put that down for the most part. Whereas a small pizza is also about 2000 calories and most people can eat that. A Five Guys large burger with fries is like 12 to 1500 calories. So we, I'm not saying that that should be your primary source of intake. I'm saying that maybe getting all of your athletic caloric needs from salad, chicken, and rice is probably not the best move. Maybe some middle path, you know, like almost everything makes more sense. Thank you for listening to the Trail and Ultra Running Training Podcast. Honestly, I'm still surprised and honored that anybody wants to hear what I have to say, so thank you. To be clear, not a doctor, nor a registered dietitian, or any other kind of medical professional. I'm a personal trainer, a nutrition coach, and a running coach, and I have a passion for training trail runners. You should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training or nutrition program. If you enjoyed the podcast or found it helpful, please take a second to leave a rating or review. I'd really appreciate it. Or you could just share it with someone for whom you think it might be helpful. I make these kinds of things in order to provide more quality, free resources to people. So the more people who hear it, the better. If you want more of this information, please head to the Trail and Ultra Running Training Group on Facebook, where we discuss all aspects of training so you can have more fun doing the sport that you love. Thank you again for listening. And once we figure out how we're going to get enough food, then we can start to talk about things like protein and carbohydrates and fats and micronutrients and all the details. And these are the questions where people like want to start. Uh, when people try to think about like performance nutrition, we will often talk about like, should you go keto? Should I eat carbs? Should I fuel my runs? Should you go keto? Probably not, because you probably don't want to do that forever. It's annoying. Bread's tasty. Should you fuel your runs? Probably. Um, there's a very small subset of people for whom that wouldn't be appropriate. And if you're running for less than an hour and fueling your runs would mean that other things like fall off in your life, maybe not. But then we definitely need to get a big recovery meal in afterwards. We're going to talk about that in a second. But should you fuel your runs? Probably. How much protein should you be eating? Probably more than you are. You want about a gram per pound of body weight or like 80% of that, right? So for me, I weigh about 180. Um, so I want anywhere from like 150 to 180. Technically, we could go as low as 120, but my body tends to feel a little better on a higher protein diet, right? So like all of that stuff matters, right? And we talk about this as the basics, but it's really not. The basics are eat enough. And like I talk about this stuff a lot. I talk about it a lot on here, talk a lot about it on like other social media things. I talk about food to my athletes a lot. There's a fairly, there's a weekly quiz or survey or whatever I give out to people whom I coach 
and it talks about food and hunger and cravings and what those things are. So we talk about some level of food on a fairly regular basis, but in the past three weeks, I've had this conversation with almost half of the athletes I coach. And again, we go over this regularly, but a lot of them are building to a race. So we are seeing a big increase in volume, which requires a pretty corresponding increase in food intake. And since we get into our habits, and often when we train, we actually aren't as hungry because cortisol tends to be higher, which suppresses your appetite. It's just an um, evolutionary thing. If you're being chased by a lion, you wouldn't want to be hungry. You want to get away from the lion, right? So like hunger is not really the appropriate response there. You're running on adrenaline. However, if you're doing that half of your day, you end up injured. So if we are increasing your running volume, your hunger might go down in spite of the fact that we're training more and we need to eat more food. So it's really easy to end up in this trap. And while for me as a coach, it would be lovely to have someone who like tracks their macros every day without fail, blah, blah, blah. Like that is how you are coached a lot of the time when it comes to teaching nutrition, like gram per pound of body weight of protein, this many carbohydrates per activity level. Like I don't do that. I don't expect people to do that. It's not realistic. I don't even think it's like disordered eating. I think most people should do it for a chunk of time because most of the time, when someone tracks their food, they immediately figure out what the problem is. Either they're not eating enough or they're not eating enough of something, usually protein or fiber, but, or they're eating too much of something in my day job where people want to lose weight. But again, not the topic here. So if we're trying to eat enough, then we need to make sure we're getting there. Now I track my food for about a week because my Monday looks very different than my Saturday as does most people. And I track my food for about a week and I figure out how I'm doing, usually fine, but could do, use some improvement. And then I stop tracking for about three months, trying to focus on the improvements I identified, right? So six months ago, I tracked my food, protein was good, fiber was bad, started eating more salads. I was very busy, so I was buying salads in a bag recently tracked my food because something felt off. Um, fiber was better. Uh, fat, way too high. Apparently the dressings they give you in little bags of the bag salads are like half of my daily fat intake, which is not low to be fair. It's just that's how they make it tasty. So I made some adjustments and we're off to the races again, right? And there's nothing wrong with fat. It's just not, I don't want to spend half of my daily fat intake on a salad. Now, I'd rather get it through dinner and meat and maybe some other stuff occasionally. So while I would love the tracker person, that's very rare. Most people don't like it. I don't like it. So I wouldn't require something of someone that I wouldn't be willing to do myself, especially as you're training more, you get busier. So I don't want to add more stuff to your day. Now, but when you're not tracking your food and you're training more, it's really easy to get behind. So eat more. And for some reason, people who are like, I don't know, I feel like we are often inspired by the grit and tenacity and all of the everything in books like um, Dean Carnassus and Goggins or whoever, like 
And yet when we, or like we see Courtney out there probably about to win UTMB in spite of the fact of winning both Western states with an incomparable time and then beating her own record at Hard Rock. And yet we don't eat like them. We completely overlook the fact that Dean and Courtney eat thousands of calories every day. Courtney is a better athlete than you, I promise. Uh, nobody who's better than her listens to me talk. And she eats a lot of what we, we might call bullshit, right? Like she's notorious for beer and nachos. She gave a post-race interview with a beer in her hand a year, year or two ago. Like the Roaches too, they're great athletes, they're good coaches, and from what I can glean from their podcast, like half of their dietary intake is like chicken nuggets because they have a new kid. I have some opinions about the glorification of these foods to like the general populace, I really do, but that's not who any of these people, myself including, are talking to, at least here. If you're the average sedentary like Western desk worker, then maybe we need to look at like limiting some of these things some of the time, but that is not here, right? And even then, I still would think it's better than the opposite because anorexia has the highest death rate of any mentally associated illness, higher than depression. And the other day, some fairly famous influencer, I didn't know her, I saw her on Lane Norton's podcast, or on Lane Norton's page, and she died from malnutrition because she was so dedicated to a raw vegan diet and was so scared that everything else was going to like kill her in other ways. And I'm not bashing a raw vegan diet if that's your jam, but like I'm bashing the propagandists who are out there insisting that things are going to kill you when they're not, and they're making a quick buck on fear-mongering foods to good people. It's fine. And like I know I'm a little personally sensitive about this because like I don't like my body. I've never really liked it. And the closest I've ever been is when I was eating little enough to be like constantly injured. This has been a touchy subject for me for a long time. So like I get a little up in arms about this, but it is a complicated topic. I can see a multiple array of answers for a bunch of people. But if you're listening to this based on the title of the podcast and like the group, I would suggest that you are probably a trail or ultra athlete. And to you, my answer will always be eat enough. And if you want to eat a minimally processed whole food diet, that's great. Truly great. Jeff Browning mostly does this, and he's a damn good athlete. Far better than I will ever be. And he largely shuns processed food. He eats a keto-esque day-to-day, even though he probably wouldn't call it that. And he is incredibly successful on 100 calories of carbs like per hour through, during, through his races. And one of the reasons he does that is that it's his day-to-day diet. So his need for carbohydrate has reduced significantly. And this is why we can't just like do a keto for a little bit of time. Like you kind of have to do that all the time if you want to make that adjustment. And that's what people don't really want to do. I don't, again, I like bread and pizza. Uh, Whereas Carl Meltzer, on the other hand, gets like three times as many carbs as Jeff per hour (laughs) during races from nothing but sugary gels. And he is like the winningest 100-miler ever. Um, There's a a ton of ways to do this properly in a way that leads to high performance, avoids injury, etc. But what all of these people have in common is they eat enough to support their activity levels 
and lifestyles. And like a genuine piece of advice that I've given to people is like during a heavy training cycle, if you're greatly increasing your training volume, eat like you're trying to gain weight because you won't. If you do, back it up a little bit. Don't believe me? Great. Prove me wrong. Like in your peak week, you should probably be eating well over 3,000 calories a day. Average, there will be cycles here because your long run day will be different than your rest day, but you should be eating probably at least 3,000 calories a day average and you won't gain anything. Uh, you might gain a couple pounds because carbs store a little more than water, but I bet you wouldn't gain body fat. And I don't really want to get into the weight thing. I've done plenty of that. Um, look at, I think it's episode 75. It's like the truth about weight and running. Not the point here. The point is try to eat enough. And if you want the basics of performance nutrition, again, that is the basics. Now, if we are past that, <laughs> um, how do we know if we're eating enough? Now, if it's not going to send you into some kind of eating disorder spiral, um, track your food for a week and see if you're hitting the basics. I've trained plenty of people with histories of eating disorders. Um, one that people, an interview people really seemed to like was an interview with Kelly Fine I did probably over six months ago at this point. And um, she can, she can, you can listen to her talk about like how she and I work together, right? But if that's not going to be your thing, then track your food for a week. See if you're hitting the basics. Track your weight regularly, ideally daily, or at least three times equally spread throughout the week. And then try to like not let your weight change or maybe go up a little bit as you eat as you eat and kind of see where you are. Um, this is a really hard thing for me to instruct everybody on over the airwaves, right? Like um, my dietary needs are going to be different than a hundred pound female. They just are. So I can't really give you a number, but I can definitely spot it. So if you want me to look at your stuff after you've done this, I'm happy to do that. Um, but don't let it change or like try to gain a couple pounds and do this like missed a thing. Sorry. I wanted to talk about weekly weighing. Don't weigh weekly because there's way too much that can go weird with a six-day gap. Um, if, I, if I weigh daily, I will see that I change like three to five pounds almost every day in whatever direction. Like I can almost have like an eight-pound swing within a week. And that's just me. A lot of people are super steady. You should know you. But if I did a weekly weigh-in every Friday, I might lose eight pounds in a week. That's not correct, because uh, we look at my trend line, it's, it's almost completely steady. So more often than that is helpful if this is something you're going to do. Now, we can talk hunger. Um, mentioned this a little bit earlier. Hunger is not a stellar signal for you, especially as you increase your training. Um, if you're hungry, you should eat. I know that for a fact. Uh, sometimes if you're not hungry, you should eat. You shouldn't force feed yourself like you're a cormorant trying to swallow an entire like largemouth bass, right? So if you feel like, oh, I'm just so full and I'm gonna, I'm gonna puke if I throw, eat another bite. Too much, man. Like don't 
eat that much. It's not necessary. But if you had a heavy training day and you finish like a four or five hour run and you're just not hungry because you know your cortisol is high, too bad. Eat your post-workout meal anyway. That might be a shake. Um, I don't do well with food like during or before or after rather um, training. So most of my stuff around that time is like liquid nutrition and it has served me wonders, but eat the food. Now, if we're looking at performance, your eating should be based somewhat around your training. Now, our like less negotiable feedings become pre-workout, intra-workout, and post-workout. And then we can talk about meals. Thank you for listening to the Trail and Ultra Running Training Podcast. Honestly, I'm still surprised and honored that anybody wants to hear what I have to say, so thank you. To be clear, not a doctor, nor a registered dietitian, or any other kind of medical professional. I'm a personal trainer, a nutrition coach, and a running coach, and I have a passion for training trail runners. You should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training or nutrition program. If you enjoyed the podcast or found it helpful, please take a second to leave a rating or review. I'd really appreciate it. Or you could just share it with someone for whom you think it might be helpful. I make these kinds of things in order to provide more quality, free resources to people, so the more people who hear it, the better. If you want more of this information, please head to the Trail and Ultra Running Training group on Facebook, where we discuss all aspects of training, so you can have more fun doing the sport that you love. Thank you again for listening. All right, so there's very likely going to be some overlap between one of those like three things and meals. So let's say you're a morning trainer. Uh, you wake up at 4.45, get your stuff on, get out the door, and you're running at 5. You should not really get a pre-workout meal. It's going to take 60 to 90 minutes to digest, and waking up even earlier than that to eat that is silly. So wake up, maybe put down a gel or a waffle, get out the door, and then we can go training. Now, if you are training for like less than 60 minutes of effort, you can either eat nothing or a gel, and that's great. You don't really need a lot. Depending on you, you might do a little better with it. If you had a good dinner the night before, and that dinner had a good amount of carbohydrates in it, your system has enough to fuel you through that workout. What you can't miss is your post-workout, which is what we'll get to in a second. If the training session is like one to three hours at the same time of day, then you should fuel with like 30 to 60 grams of carbs during we can argue a little more on the upper end there, like maybe 30 for one hour and then 60 grams of carbs per hour for the three hour mark. And then if it's three plus hours, we might see 60 to 100 grams per hour. This changes a little bit on during races, but this is a fair judge, right? Now, you again, you could do a pre-workout meal if you woke up later. Say you wake up at five and you train at seven, wake up, put some oatmeal and a little bit of protein into your face, great then we can use that. But if we're sticking with that original example where you're up and training by five, we're just going to like get some food in for the intra-workout, meaning like during the workout food. And then for your post-workout, that's probably going to be breakfast. And for me, that is a protein shake because again, not great at eating in the morning. But for a lot of people, eggs, um, maybe some meat in those eggs, some veggies, like we can eat a few pieces of toast, like you just trained. So get food, and it should definitely have protein, always. 
because that is what is going to help your muscles start to recover, or at least stop the damage so that they can be begin the recovery process. And ideally, we'd also get some carbohydrates in there as well. Um, like one 30 to 60 grams of protein per meal, one to two palm-sized portions, however you want to like view it, of like a dedicated protein food like meat or tempeh or whatever, and then quite a bit of carbohydrate. Um, and that's what our post-workout should look like. Now the rest of your day, just eat a couple more meals with equally dispersed amounts of like protein and you should be good. That brings us to like over 100 grams of protein pretty solidly. We've eaten three meals and we've fueled our workout. That is how we do this. We can get real nitpicky here and I am happy to do that. I'm kind of a nerd who likes spreadsheets and data, but in my experience, it's not helpful. Um, we can be right a lot of the time or helpful and I would much rather be helpful. And while me telling you that like you need to replace whatever per wattage per power whatever of carbohydrate, it's not helpful. Um, what's helpful is get three meals and maybe a snack throughout your day, make sure there's a good portion of protein at each of those meals and fuel your workout and that's going to be fine, right? So. I could give you days worth of nutrition advice and I'm happy to talk with you about it, message me. But priorities, one through five, eat enough. Seriously, do it, eat enough. Those are our top five priorities. Eat enough throughout your day, eat enough to fuel your lifestyle, eat enough. And then prioritize your food around your training. Most of the time, try to go into it fairly topped off on carbs. If you train in the morning, eat some carbs at dinner and if it should fuel you through, maybe a gel prior, eh, depending on how you feel. Um, lunch, make sure your breakfast has, you get a good breakfast at some point, maybe a mid-morning snack, and if you're training in the evening, then eat food throughout your day, give yourself a little bit of a gap before you get off work, and then go train. Um, you have to fit it into your day, like most of us work jobs, so it is a, it's a tough thing, but go in fueled. Now, if you are going later and you have like a gap of like 12, you, you eat at 12, you finish eating at 12.30 and then you can't get to training until like 5.30 or 6 before you go out, like have a gel, have a rice cracker or two, have a tablespoon of honey, have a piece of toast, um, fuel the session and that's fine. And then during the session, again, this does not change from our morning, depending on time and distance, we will be fueling differently, and then get a good post-training meal. Now, if you can't do that again, get at least a protein shake and some carbohydrates. Um, my favorite, I mentioned I do the shake. I do a scoop and a half, maybe two, depending on the day, of protein powder, uh, two handfuls of mixed berries, a banana, and like a little bit of honey into a blender, and then I make it, make it spin and head off to my day. You have to do what you have to do, and this is the thing that works well for me, at least at this point in my life. Now, that is, it's just hard to eat 3,000 calories of whole foods, so do what you can. Again, food quality matters, food timing matters. Um, hell, if you, if you want, I would be happy to do a macro split for you if you want to get into the weeds. Just shoot me a message. I won't charge you, but I would be shocked if anybody actually messages me for this and I'd be even more shocked if you do the week's worth of tracking that I'm going to ask you to do before I actually set your macros. 
I can tell you that's going to be what it's going to be. Message me if you want. I promise I'll do it. I'm going to tell you track your food for a week and then come back to me and we'll set it up. Now, because assessment is key, you can't just set macros. You have to know what you're doing now and then set them accordingly to that. So let's just skip all that uh, and try to eat more, focus your food around your workouts, and increase your protein. And that will probably cover most of the bases. Now, if you have any questions, I'm happy to help. And if you want a great book on the topic with like a lot of recipes, you should check this out. This is The Feed Zone. It's by Alan Lim and uh, Bijou Thomas. And they, uh, Alan Lim's the guy who created Scratch Nutrition. And I really like Scratch. I'm not sponsored by them or anybody for that matter. Um, but I like him and his entire thing because they try to fuel mostly with whole foods and then they use powders for performance, right? So it's, it's kind of this middle ground that I really like. So that's, that's the approach. The book here will cover a lot of what I just talked about in this preamble, and then it has like hundreds of pages of recipes that will be in line with this stuff. So if you want something a little more in-depth, again, Feed Zone Cookbook, good deal. They also have like the Feed Zone Table and the Feed Zone Portables for like family-style meals and race day nutrition as well. They're on that bookshelf, actually. And then, if you're interested, um, I'm also, I've been threatening a race day fueling document for quite a while. It's done. Uh, I released it to my email list last week. I'll be putting it everywhere else tomorrow. So if you're interested, be sure to comment. Um, I put out something like this before, but the basics are much more concise, and then it links to a couple tools in spreadsheet format, one of them being a calorie calculator, so you don't have to do any math. You just punch in some numbers and it does it for you. Wonderful. And then you can also look at another spreadsheet that took me weeks to make, <laughs> where it includes all of the like nutrition products that I could really think of, um, hundreds of them. And then I put them into a spreadsheet with all the information I could find. So, if that's a thing that interests you, comment when I put up the little thing tomorrow, and I will get it to you. Um, anyway, I'm off to feed my dog. Hopefully go run a mile or two, and I hope you're doing great. And seriously, eat enough, and message me if you have any questions on food. I love talking about this stuff, and I'm happy to help you. Thank you for listening to the Trail and Ultra Running Training Podcast. Honestly, I'm still surprised and honored that anybody wants to hear what I have to say, so thank you. To be clear, not a doctor, nor a registered dietitian, or any other kind of medical professional. I'm a personal trainer, a nutrition coach, and a running coach, and I have a passion for training trail runners. You should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training or nutrition program. If you enjoyed the podcast or found it helpful, please take a second to leave a rating or review. I'd really appreciate it. Or you could just share it with someone for whom you think it might be helpful. I make these kinds of things in order to provide more quality, free resources to people. So the more people who hear it, the better. If you want more of this information, please head to the Trail and Ultra Running Training group on Facebook, where we discuss all aspects of training so you can have more fun doing the sport that you love. Thank you again for listening.